Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. All right, everybody. Hi, I'm Nick Slavic. I am the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company, also the host of this show, Ask a Painter Live. Um, it's a show that's been going live for every week uh, without a miss for over seven years. And it basically show, showcases the life of a master craftsperson and a paint business entrepreneur. So, oh man, hello everybody on IG. We're going live here. Tonight is going to be an Ask Me Anything show. Uh, it is any topic, any question, anything you want to talk about, anything you'd ever wondered about, suggest it uh, in the comments and uh, we will see to it. I'll give you some quick updates here. Uh, my buddy Phil Klein watching on Facebook. Uh, we're seeing, oh, Dexter's Painter from Sydney, Australia. There we go. Rivera, how's it going, my friend? All right. Oh, my God. Lots of familiar names here. All right. David Black. Oh, hey, Corey Leister. How's it going? Good friend, Corey. Lots of awesome people here. Uh, Make It Happening Painting. Hey, Nick. Nick in Florida. How's it going, man? Holy cow. Uh, Hark, how's it going from Vancouver, South Carolina? All right, everybody. I'm going to ask some uh, big ass of you here. Oh, my God. Splash Painting is watching as well, too. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so here we go. Any topic, any question, any suggestion, here we go. You guys are more than welcome to suggest it. I'll give you some quick updates, and then uh, we will get to all of your all of your questions, all your stuff. Uh, boy, we are in the thick, the thick, the thick of it. The first week of July, it is a holiday week. Uh, we got a whole bunch of people off from our business. We got military service. Uh, we got some surgery recovery. We, I mean, just a whole bunch of everything going on right now and normal uh, vacations and things like that. And uh, it's a fun, it's a fun time of the year, uh, the holiday week. I just took off um, four days, four and a half days with my family. And we were just super intentional about hanging out at home, doing the stuff. Um, PCA, some uh, house cleaning here. PCA is having a contractor reboot conference, which is uh, a really new and kind of interesting thing that we're doing here. Um, uh, it's uh, yes, it's one of the conferences you know and love, but we're being super intentional about bringing outside resources, meeting people where they are, being intentional about the business life, what we want to do right now, and taking a holistic approach to all that. And as always, people. Um, you guys, uh, uh, you guys will know and love all of the people you see there. It's going to be super meaningful for contractors, and it's an absolutely great time. That's coming up later this month. I have a link here uh, in the show notes, at least on Facebook. They don't give me much room on Instagram. You guys are on your own there. Uh, but yeah, link link to all that stuff there. Uh, we got master's classes coming up later on in the year. Well, I think I'm going to uh, Massachusetts for a private master's class two-dayer uh, for a friend of mine uh, for a paint company there coming up. Um, let's see here. Uh, I think we have surf prep later in the year of September. I know a good friend, Corey, who's watching on Instagram, Corey Leister. She's doing a cabinet master's class there as well, too. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, oh, this is a fun one. Uh, David Francis, how's it going here? Um, hey, Nick, watching in Michigan, what colors would be best for peaceful night's sleep? So honestly, I don't think it matters, does it? Right? Like, I don't sleep with any lights on. 
Um, I try to have uh, as little, I got a fly buzzing around here. I try to have the least amount of distractions and things that have to go on around around me so I can be like a modular sleeper, you know, uh, I don't, I try not to have a whole bunch of fans and noisemakers and this and that, because when you travel or where you go somewhere else, then you're kind of reliant on that. So honestly, my house, uh, my war room, it's hard to tell, uh, but everything is the same color. This is uh, Benjamin Moore sea pearl and various coatings and stuff all over the house, the ceilings, the walls, the trim, the cabinets, the doors, uh, everything. And honestly, when it's dark out, well, maybe I'm biased because I live out in the middle of the country. There's not a lot of light pollution from cities. Uh, I have big glass walls and stuff like this, huge windows everywhere where we go in the house. And in my master bedroom, I can overlook my entire 20, 20 acre property from laying in bed. Uh, see the pond, the woodlands, uh, the wetland. And uh, it's also... Um, Firefly season as well, too. So it is absolutely magical out here where we're seeing twinkling fireflies all over the marsh all night. And uh, typically it comes for a short period and then it goes away, but it is staying for a long time and it is absolutely magical out here. I, I, I love it. It's it's uh, it's our nest and it's a safe place for my family and it's absolutely beautiful. Now, I say that because uh, I don't think it matters. It is so dark in my room. I don't know that it would matter if my walls were white or black. It's just all completely dark. Now, I think it really depends on your personality. Um, people will obviously make the argument that darker, richer, cozier colors will lend to that den-like feeling, that safety, that comfort. But to some people, that's enclosing and uh, limiting and things like that. So honestly, uh, I came from both worlds. I can give you a good data point on this where uh, we lived in a historic home for 15 years as we were growing this business in my family. And, uh, oh, I see all your, um, I see all your, uh, questions on IG. We'll get to them here. We got a really interesting one about colors to help you sleep at night, uh, from, uh, Facebook and Instagram, which is a very important thing. Not that we have trouble sleeping this time of year. Cause we're all so tired running ourselves ragged, but, uh, it does help. So I would say I came from a fifth, uh, living for 15 years in a very small, um, historic home, cozy little rooms dark, rich colors everywhere. I mean, purples, reds, greens, decorative painting, grass cloth wallpaper, rich woodwork, uh, eight inch, 10 inch thick, solid white oak baseboards, everything there. And uh, I will say that uh, there was more light pollution coming in. My room was probably lighter at night in the city limits when I lived in that historic room, even historic home, even when we had deep, rich colors, small rooms, shades over the windows. There was still a lot of light pollution from streetlights and cars and everything else. So uh, honestly, I don't know. I, now I live in a purely white house. It's pitch black, dark, no light pollution. I think I think uh, paint colors obviously probably have an effect, but I don't think it's universal with people. And I think that there's a lot more variables that go into it to determine uh, good night's sleep with paint colors and stuff like that. Um, our two houses were diametrically opposed, which is our other house is rich colors, historic stuff, tiny rooms, closed off rooms. And now we have big rooms. I, the whole strategy of this house is... How little can we spend? How much house can we get? How much glass can we put in? How energy efficient can we get it? Because the feature of my house, the Slavic house here, is the outsides. I mean, you can hear birds tweeting, crickets going, frogs chirping, things like that. 
I want, I want to look outside. That is the feature wall. That is the, uh, uh, all the color I need out there. So that's, that's kind of how I think about it. So I don't know, David Francis, um, what colors would be best for peaceful night's sleep? I don't know. I'd like to hear from you and, and anybody else. Does anybody else have any suggestions? Cause I would say it doesn't matter. It has to do with your personality and it has to do with a lot of the external variables, but I'm, I'm willing to have my mind changed by another opinion. So at least that's, that's been it for me. So all right, let's go with some questions from IG while we're waiting here. Oh, my Lord, look at all these people watching. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, the Newberts are watching. Wall Street Coatings, hello. Lion's Edge, how are you? Simplified painting, uh, make it happen painting. How would you handle scaling back? I think I grew too fast at the wrong time and I need advice on how to deal with employees who didn't get the proper training jobs taking too long. Yeah, agreed. And, uh, you know, typically when I find that somebody, uh, scaled too fast, what you did was, uh, it's, it's not maybe that you scaled too fast. It's that you didn't have the proper unsexy, mundane, boring things in place first before you scaled to help ease that. And, uh, you've got to start with a base of like, okay, the basic unsexiness and the things you need to do to run a professional business would be um, you need job prescriptions, you need pay scales, you need an accountability and a review process, you need an employee manual, um, you need standard operating procedures, you need a training process, an onboarding process, uh, an HR process, uh, a, a, a way to track people's uh, production and tell them whether they did good or bad. And it needs to be simple and it needs to be reliable. And it's all based on job costing. So again, that's a mountain of work. It's a lot of things to implement, but that does help you uh, when it comes to it. And that's what employees expect. And that's what you should expect your employees to inspect because that makes a comfortable awesome workplace to be in. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things where you need all those things and then you need people to help you scale as well too. Um, I'm working on a special show for you guys based on all the suggestions previously about steps and levels to growth and, uh, where the plateaus are and, uh, how to do, how to go from the proverbial one person to four person, four person to eight person, eight person to 15, 15 to 30, 30 to 60, give or take. And I will have that show for you, but I want to really make it a good one. Cause that was the most suggested topic uh, of that sort of thing there. So honestly, it's one of those things, uh, make it happen painting. Uh, if you email me, nick at nickslavic.com, I can send you my one pager. It's called Steps to Professionalization. And it basically it lists from step one to step seven, I think, exactly how I did this here and how we're working on it. And then, uh, yeah, uh, links to all my Ask a Painter live shows uh, where you can do that as well, too. So let me adjust my tripod on IG. Oh, we got some questions coming in here. So, all right, let's keep going through IG and then we'll get back to Facebook. Uh, Lion's Edge Painting. Hey, Nick, thank you for always sharing. Awesome value. Absolutely. I love doing this with you guys. New York City fine finish. How are you, my friend? Good to see you watching there. Have you tested Sherwin-Williams' Williams new gallery series for cabinets? I am working on a pretty substantial piece of content and pieces of content for that. Uh, you guys probably saw I put a call out for oak cabinet doors and clients and friends and everybody are responding. Even other painters in Minnesota are responding. And uh, guess what that's for? I am doing uh, what I'm known for, testing. Um, we're going to get a whole bunch of oak cabinet doors and we are going to make them work. We're going to make them fail. We're going to test prep process. We're going to test primers. We're going to do all the combinations of the clears, the colors, the darks, the lights and everything else. And there's going to be some content coming out. Uh, some of it, uh, underwritten by Sherwin Williams and some of it underwritten just by myself. Cause this is what I would do for my company. Uh, anyway. And when a big company, arguably the biggest paint company in the world comes out with a flagship, uh, cabinet enamel, we have to try it. And we have to test because I want that information uh, for my people. So soon to follow, my friend, soon to follow. And uh, certainly check in any night. 
Ah, Corey, good night. This lady's got to get to bed. Have a great night. Hey, anytime, Corey. Uh, absolutely a huge fan of you and what you do. And we'll be in contact shortly. I sent you a text message, a very important text message. I'll be following up very shortly with all that too. So glad you're in our industry. Uh, Natalie Newbert, uh, calming neutrals for sleeping, sage greens, light grays, tans, just my personal opinion. Agreed. And I think there are lots of things where people say, well, that's a personal opinion or things like that. And there's not a lot of data or facts to go around it. But honestly, that may be one of those questions where there is no real, um, no real universal answer to that stuff. It may just be a series of, um, yeah, it may just be a series of very personal opinions here. So, all right, let's go back through some IG here. Oh, uh, let's see. Cast painting. Uh, da, 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 da. I need help with a contract. Could you help? Depending on what. So obviously not a lawyer, but I can certainly give you some experience from the industry. Uh, if you email me, nick at nickslavic.com and you want to send me a copy of yours, we can review it together, whatever. But understand it's July. We're all house painters. Uh, we're busy. So if I don't get back to you right away, we're just there. So uh, Wall Street Coatings Gallery Series. <laughs> no discounts on that $130 Canadian a gallon. Listen, anything good is going to be worth it, guys. So uh, hold tight. Uh, da, 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 da. Evergreen painting. Uh, when would you suggest paying for marketing as a sole proprietor with a two to three week lead time and what kind? Ooh, I like this one. So you're assuming you have to pay. Uh, I believe that we can solve problems with money, time, or both. And uh, early on in small biz, uh, in, in when we're growing businesses and it's relatively small, I would absolutely uh, urge you to explore using time and money or a combination of both. Don't, I, I will tell you this, there are a monstrous amount of really substantial people and marketing companies that can help you with that stuff. What I have not experienced and a lot of other people haven't experienced is you shoveling over a bunch of cash and putting no time time towards marketing and leads raining down upon you. Uh, the kind of leads, the type of leads, the quantity of leads that you want. So it takes accountability. Uh, they don't know you. They don't know your business. You're going to have to work with them very closely. And uh, by paying somebody, you don't necessarily you don't necessarily solve the problem without any of your effort. You still need to interact with it and make sure it works. And then you also have to have a really good sales process and follow up and estimating process for that too. So. Um, yeah, uh, that is so early on, I would say this, the best if if you're gonna if you want the biggest bang for the buck, you're gonna have to do a lot of this yourself early on. If I were to solve it with only effort, if you say, Nick, I really don't want to spend hardly any money and I'm going to use my effort to solve it, I would print off flyers. I would spend $48 for a peddler's permit or solicitor's permit in your town. I would go door to door and knock and I would be aggressive, at, not aggressive towards the clients, but like aggressive towards, hey, uh, I'm Nick Slavic. I have a painting company in town. Uh, we just started up a couple of years ago. I really want a foothold in this town and I'm offering painting services. Is there anything we can do to help you? Free estimates today. Just go house to house to house to house and, and get it done like that. So now if you're going to spend some money, obviously I would make sure that you have that you're, you're listed on all the sites, the Yelps, the next door, uh, your Google, uh, um, presence, your Google profile is really built out and substantial. Uh, you're, uh, you're doing all the basic things like having a website, which doesn't cost much money. If I had to throw some money at it, I would go Instagram and Facebook, um, uh, possibly even TikTok advertising, uh, you can get a pretty good reach and maybe a good response uh, by shuttling, I don't know, 100 bucks 
at a, at a Facebook ad, give or take, or even five, 10 bucks a day over the course of time, it'll show up in just enough places. You might start getting leads. And if you only have one to five people, you really don't need that many leads or jobs uh, comparatively. So it's kind of easy to track down. So yeah. I'm Prithvi Rakhiani, and we've got recruiting best practices, pain and training resources, and a bear pro sweepstakes coming your way in this PCA minute. It's recruiting season. If you're wondering where all the good candidates are, we got you covered. There's an entire section on PCA Overdrive dedicated to hiring, recruiting, and retention. Curated from your favorite podcasts, expo sessions, and virtual events, you'll learn to hire and keep rock stars in your company. Just look for the hiring, recruiting, and retention lane on PCA Overdrive. Get your crew field ready faster with PCA's Painter Training. PCA Overdrive provides free access to painter training videos in English and Spanish. Our training portal offers a more in-depth learning experience through a guided pathway. Each module has an assessment and certificates are awarded at the completion of each level. To learn more, go to pcapaintad.org training. Finally, enter for a chance to win the Bear Pro Painter Sweepstakes. Price includes $5,000 worth of Bear, Kills, Graco, and 3M products. Visit pca.so slash bear pro sweepstakes to enter now. So I hope that helps. I hope that helps. I, I mean, listen, I have lots of opinions about this stuff. You're going to get a lot of other opinions too, but that's, that's the nitty gritty. That's a boot, uh, bootstrap kind of stuff. So oh. <laughs> make it happen painting. How do you know uh, when somebody says they have 30 years of experience? Well, here's the deal. Whether you're referring to me or somebody else is it doesn't matter. They can say they have five years of experience or 30 years of experience, and it really depends what they do the next day uh, in your company or another company. Sorry, that fly is still bugging around uh, with me here. So basically, it's one of those things. We have a 15 by 15 foot test bedroom, and uh, t uh, theoretically, uh, we can get almost every single decent human being and apprentice that comes to our company to paint that room, prep two coats of paint and deprep in about four hours, start to finish. There are many people who come to my company with 5, 10, 15 years of experience that cannot do it that fast and cannot do it to that standard. So for me, uh, I hope you guys understand that when I say I have 30 years experience here, uh, I started when I was 10. Uh, now, listen, I didn't work 80 hours a week when I was 10 years old painting, but the time I was 18, I could paint just about anything. And I was really, really good at it. I'd put in a lot of time in the saddle. So those years counted for something. Uh, and I've been in the saddle here doing this a long time. So I hope that I have a base of trust with all of you. When I say I've had 30 years in this, you know what it is. And, and it doesn't matter the advice I give you. If I say I had two years or 30 years, if I gave you this information and this advice and this data, I hope that it would still ring as true because there is a lot of data and facts and feelings in there as well too. So same thing. Uh, I would say, great. I think it's a great basis uh, to start out a pay and comp decision, but really I would say I would lay out, um, I would take all the feelings out of pay and compensation because usually the discussion goes around that. I have 30 years of experience. I won't roll over in bed for less than 35 bucks an hour. And you say, oh, that's great. And you know what? I'm willing to pay you 70 if you're worth 70, but here's how fast you would have to paint this bedroom and to what standard in order for me to pay you $70 an hour. You can put a price tag on any, any amount of labor you want, but it's what you produce. And typically what we do in the industry is a benchmark of 40% and we don't want to exceed that. And so if you, uh, you know, if you have a bedroom, um, <laughs> theoretically, if it's a $400 bedroom and there's a 40% labor budget, that gives you $160 uh, to spend on labor. And you can say, well, Hey, 160 bucks to pay somebody to paint a bedroom. Uh, that's crazy. Say, well, if, somebody could paint that bedroom to our standard in one hour, I could theoretically pay them $160 an hour. 
That, that's how you start thinking about these, these things. Now, there's market rates, there's other uh, opportunity costs, there's other people offering other jobs. So it's not just a pure, clean, you know, labor and number thing, but that's kind of like, that's kind of like how it is. Um, but have an open discussion. Don't, I think one thing our industry does really bad is when somebody says, hey, listen, uh, I'm an experienced painter. I really need 25 bucks an hour. And don't initially poo-poo that. Have a conversation. Give them a test day, right? Say, hey, listen, I'm going to pay you, listen, we're going to work a 10 hour day here. I'm going to pay you 25 bucks an hour right now, but you have to get this done. It's a one day test. We're not entering an employment agreement. It's a $250 thing, right? I'm going to pay you $250 for this test day. And if you accomplish these certain things, we can sit down and think about some other things and, uh, you know, pay and stuff like that. So always just be open to it, right? Just be open to these things. Now, the likelihood that you're going to find a whole bunch of people who are really good at painting and share your core values and are you know willing to work with you is is pretty low. You're probably gonna have to build your own, but don't don't be opposed to those poop, purple. I was gonna say purple unicorns, purple unicorns. So, okay, Nathan Hutzel, my friend, uh, uh, a previous apprentice and craftsperson in my company, just started his own painting company. Couldn't be more proud of that guy. If you guys are in southern Minnesota, you're based out of Medelia, the New Ulm area. Dude, I love Nathan Hutzel. He is, he is, uh, he's one of us. He shares our core values. Family moved down south, left the business, but man, we stay in touch. And I, I couldn't be more happy for that guy. He's, uh, he's doing his own thing. I just love it. So, uh, make it happen painting. I asked this because, uh, this is, uh, like a go-to saying when I'm hiring. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. Alex St. Germain, master craftsperson in my company. One of my most senior people soon to have a baby. Thanks for watching, man. Uh, love that guy. Uh, he's, he's the epitome of why, uh, why we started this business and the type of human we're going after here. So, uh, Milan painting, hey Nick tips to market for cabinet refinishing only. I would go hard on social media. Uh, I would, if you're not in Corey Leister's group, uh, uh, the cabinet refinishing group, the cabinet pros group, things like that. They are the experts at this. They are rabidly into cabinets. They know all the ins and outs of social media. If anybody's mastered it, they have, I'm a moderator of the group. So I'm just like a, a stand buyer and watching, but those guys have it down, man. I love being a part of that group because they push me to be a better pro. And uh, it's awesome here. So, all right, a couple more on IG, then we're going to go to Facebook. Uh, all you Facebook people, hang tight here. Um, okay, what primers? Uh, Lion's Edge, what primers do you find work best for exterior, aluminum, vinyl, plastic, mostly around windows? What products do you use? We have challenges with the adhesion. Absolutely. So the answer to this question is not a satisfying one. It's called a scratch test. You can use any primer you want as long as it patches a, passes a scratch test. Go forth. I will tell you some suggestions, but a scratch test is if you're going to sand an area, if you're going to clean an area, do that. Do the prep process on that area. Apply a small, maybe even a couple inches of primer in some inconspicuous spot. Let it dry overnight. Come back the next day. If you cannot scratch it off, theoretically, that is a pass on the scratch test. I have never been led astray by that. I've never had it never passed. A, I've never had a coating pass a scratch test and then catastrophically fail. It doesn't do it. So uh, we're talking vinyl, aluminum, plastics, things like that. I would make sure that they are prepped properly. And then uh, I would go for... Um, I'm, I'm thinking about readily available primers for everybody. Uh, SW Extreme Bond, that's their water-based primer there. Benjamin Moore Sticks, Kills 3, they might have renamed that. It's it's a red and gold can. I would give that a try. Um, there's some other weird adhesive adhesion and bonding primers and, and stuff like that, but I'm just thinking of like the big ones that everybody can get. I would try those right away uh, and see if you can do that. 
Um, for aluminum and stuff like that, metal is a little different because there's a crazy suite of industrial and commercial products. So you can go DTM bonding primer. You can do chem chromic, which is the craziest, you know, rusty metal primer ever. Uh, one of the craziest smelling as well, too. Uh, but there's a whole host of water-based industrial and commercial coatings in, in the pro-industrial line from Sherwin and then the uh, uh, professional line from Benjamin Moore uh, and even Hirschfields up here in the upper Midwest. You can get uh, lots of that stuff. Okay, I'm holding tight on that question. Let's go through here. Uh, let's go through some Facebook stuff here. Mark Adams. Hello, my friend, Mark. Always love following along. Always love watching you. Austin Schumacher. I've been running into customers recently that pick a color on sign off on a color matches. And when color goes on the substrate, they don't like it. What's your policy for redoing work with the, with, to fix the color. This is, this is something, this is never a place you want to be in. It's not satisfying for the client. The thing we do to try to make this never happen is to offer free virtual consults from Sherwin Williams. They just offer those free to all your clients. Uh, we also have three or four designers that we can, uh, refer to that they um, charge their professional designers to help with this. So we uh, try to not be in that situation at all. But when it does happen, here's what I offer to the clients, which is, listen, we completely get it. Um, we're only going to charge you the time it takes to fix it, to bring it up to standard. We're not going to charge you double for the painting. If we did one coat and you pick a color that's not far off and we can do one more complete coat and it's good, Technically, we're probably good on labor, but we do have to charge you for the extra paint that we had. And that's yours to keep if you want. But that's typically how we do it. A reasonable conversation. And typically, these, these conversations are all done over phone and not email because these can be testy situations. And, and people don't respond well to emails emotionally. That's what I found. So... All right. Uh, Robert, good friend, Robert. I started the business because I wanted to give others amazing place to work somewhere unlike anywhere else, a place where you matter. I am severely struggling with hiring, not because there isn't people, but because I am uh, verified to tell someone we are slow and I have no work. Oh, interesting, Robert. Um, so we should uh, we should dig into your uh, marketing. And, and marketing is not a one big thing where you hire a company, you go crazy, you spend a bunch of money. It's more of like my marketing thing is I do something probably every day or every other day, just keep pushing things forward moving levers, constantly making action on the internet, things like that. So uh, if anybody has tips for Robert on how to stay busy, uh, definitely let them know. But otherwise, Robert, you know, you got my email. We talk frequently. Uh, you can get a hold of me anytime and we can we can talk. So Josh Bell, how do you properly train new employees, especially without having a shop training facility. So for the majority of my professional career, we have trained people using a method called quiet professionalism in people's houses. And that's, that's how the world works, right? That's how the world works. Everybody's trained on the job and this and that. And people are very forgiving, especially if you explain to people, Hey, we're something novel in the trades. We operate under the decent human being theory. We grab good people, uh, we give them a very rigorous onboarding and training process. We have them join other amazing people like my beloved Alex St. Germain here, uh, who does a lot of the training in the company. And that's how we go forth. That's how we do things like that. And uh, when you explain that to people like, oh my God, I wish my workplace did that too. And, and it is new. It's novel. It's a decent human being theory. And it's really like the golden rule 
uh, theory as well too. So, um, yeah, that's, so now that's the spiritual point of it, uh, there, the technical point is you got to have an onboarding process. This is unsexy. It's mundane, but you can freak people out if they don't have a proper way to onboard. So getting people in your apps, issuing uniforms, doing safety training, doing basic training on the standard operating procedures, making them feel at home. This is the part where you take out the PowerPoint slides and you show videos and things like this, just to give them an idea of the breakdown. Then you get to it, uh, hands-on. Um, I will tell you this, the best training is done shoulder to shoulder, face to face, constant interaction where uh, the core values of the company are rubbed off just as much as the training is. So that's, that is my way of doing it. And we've had great success with that one there. All right. Uh, when you change from a sole prop to a growing company with a full-time employees, did you notice a change in target market or type of clients? Not really. Um, we probably offered, um, we probably do a little... We have larger crews, we have more capacity, and we have a shorter lead time. So that just leads to more business-like clients. So you'll find yourself sometimes in homeowners associations or businesses or more professional clients who really just want a quick transaction, a professional transaction. But no, really, we've served the same type of client. That is a great question, Scott McDowell, on Facebook. We'll get to, we'll get back to Instagram here. I like that a lot. Um, no, because we haven't really changed a lot of our services and we haven't changed our service area. So, uh, no, we haven't really, now we've, we've probably built on that base of those clients and added some new ones, but we haven't changed or switched or, or revised any of those clients. So, oh, Phil Klein, my good friend, Phil Klein, uh, he's from Iowa, but we won't hold it against him. So one of those things I started with cold calling and face-to-face -face appointment networking had more, uh, time than money back then. That's it. So, uh, during phases of business and starting up and growing a business, you're going to have, an abundance of time or abundance of money or sometimes neither, right? And you just have to use what's best for you. Um, I would not be afraid of using your time at the start, but understand that you're going to have to replace it with somebody else's time or, or money or somebody else's money uh, in the future too. So Carlos, how's it going? My good friend from Minnesota, fellow craftsperson from Minnesota. Oh, Andy Hall, the beloved estimator, Andy, uh, giving a big praise for Mr. Hutzel, our good friend there. <clears throat> Mark Adams, we're never afraid to pay high wages of 35 plus an hour, but we set the expectation of what is expected of them, how they much produce per day, and no callbacks and good customer reviews. Leave room for negotiate on hiring. Mark Adams knows he is, if you guys think I'm a seasoned professional in here, Mark is a seasoned professional. He's my peer and I look up to him in the industry. So I would listen to Mark. Uh, Mark is a smart guy. Oh man, <clears throat> sorry guys. Trying to get caught up on uh, Facebook here. Travis Miller, what products do you use to strip stain off decks? All right, two main options for this. Mechanical, elbow grease, or chemicals, or I guess the third, a combination of both. Now, here's the deal, folks. Mechanically stripping decks takes hundreds of hours, and you're not gonna get all the nooks and crannies, you're not gonna get the screw holes, the cracks, the wedges, the, the splits, the things like that. It's very, very tough, right? Chemically stripping is faster, but you will ruin every other substrate around there. You'll kill the bushes. You'll kill the grass. I, it is really just, it's wild out there uh, like that. I've chemically stripped decks for years. We've mechanically stripped decks. There's not an easy way to do this. What we do offer a client is like, listen, we can do that, but there's going to be a huge cost to it. You have to really like it. Here's an alternative. Maybe we can work together with a color and a stain and a finish that will mask some of the old stuff blend in with the new. It's probably not going to be perfect, but my God, it's going to be a fourth or a fifth of the cost of stripping. So how bad do you want that strip deck? Uh, one of those things. So always offering them alternatives and being professionals. Uh, I would urge you guys to do this. If you're even slightly interested in 
stripping mechanically or uh, chemically decks, I would do a bunch of tests. I would find a deck where it doesn't matter uh, if you maybe um, alter the siding a little bit with chemicals uh, and grass and stuff. And I would just find a test place to test this on and do that. And you will, if you're a craftsperson like myself and are into this, you will quickly understand the ins and outs, the pros and cons of those methods there. And uh, yeah, mechanically sanding is a little easier, but you still got to get in all those nooks and crannies. And depending on the construction of the deck, that can be really, really difficult. So Travis, I hope that helps. <laughs> Oscar, when SOPs are in place and I put into practice and yet there's uh, that one employee that doesn't that doesn't follow through tips on how to go about it. Yeah, this is simple. So you you have to divide when somebody's not meeting expectations. I I already in my head start thinking about a coaching plan. And you have to delineate between is it a core value problem or is it a technical problem? Uh, if it's a technical problem, it's coaching, it's mentoring, it's sort of enthusiastic coaching, things like that. If it's a core value problem, you got to be a little more swift and a little more hard. Um, if it's a core value problem, a lot of the times you're not going to turn that person around. It may be a simple thing that you can talk to them about and maybe a misunderstanding. But when you've got somebody who's not living your core values and, uh, you know, taking 17 bathroom breaks a day, sitting there on their phone, showing up to work late, things like that. Uh, that is the one, that's the core value violation where you got to come down pretty swift and you just say, Hey, listen, uh, I can't coach you, uh, to use your bathroom breaks wisely or to not be on your phone or to malinger and use your time wisely. And I don't want to be that guy who's like cracking the whip, but at the same time, it's unfair to the other employees. And if I have to tell you that that's a bad thing. Also, I don't think I can train you to do that. I think you know what to do. You just have to do it. And here's the deal. If I catch you doing it again this week, I'm going to have to ask you to leave because it's not fair to my other awesome, beloved people. Uh, but if you do turn it around, I'll give you another week and we'll discuss from there. And you have to basically lay down the ultimatum, which is like, here's a thing that's not working either technically or um, uh, by the core values. And you got to put uh, basically a, a performance improvement plan there to say, by this date, we need to see this effect. Otherwise, here's the consequences, good and bad, right? You can do the same thing for promotion, which is, hey, you came to me and you want 35 bucks an hour. Well, here's the deal this house would have to be done or the series of these three to four houses would have to be done in these amount of hours to this standard in order for us to be able to pay you that. Now I'm here to coach you. I'm here to mentor you. I'll even give you the opportunity, but that's, what's going to have to take place. And if you can do those houses in that time, we can sit down and negotiate a rate, uh, a raise. So yeah, one of those things, it can be positive and negative like that. So, Hey there, I bet business is probably picking up for you right now and things are feeling good and using the right tools like Estimate Rocket can help keep it that way. Estimate Rocket offers professional estimates and proposals with digital signature, single source work orders for the entire team, lead to paid job management, full scheduling tools with mapping and time tracking, automated email campaigns, invoicing that exports to any accounting system, and deep data analysis reports. Go to EstimateRocket.com for a free 30-day trial to see if Estimate Rocket is a fit for you. Do, 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 do. Uh, let's see here. I notice you are now advertise with a phone number, something you have not done before historically. Why the change? Uh, I am agnostic to this stuff. I've always protected my time and my people's time. And um, phone, phone calls can be very laborious. Uh, sometimes they can be an 18-minute call where uh, we really only need some information from a client, but it can be a long call. Now, again, I'm not opposed to this. I love talking to people, but if we're going to get 45 to 75 leads a week, that could theoretically be 45, 18-minute phone calls a week, and that would take a lot of somebody's time. So I really, 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 I really want to protect my people's time, but I also want to take care of my clients. So we did an experiment a couple months ago. We got a phone number again, 
And uh, yeah, about 20% of our leads come in through phones now. And it's just, we're probably, we're probably not getting 20% additional leads where there's probably some that would normally have to go through our website that goes through phone or more comfortable. But I will tell you this, we're not getting less leads because of the phone number. And I really want to take care of my people, my subcontractors, my employees, uh, my leadership team. I want them to have enough work. I want them to have great work in our, in our core demo and things like that. So that's, that's exactly what I want to do. I, I want to really buff it out. I want to support my people in the best way I can. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun having a phone number again and uh, doing that experiment. So again, data and feelings for you guys as well. So, all right, estimator Andy, here we go, buddy. I love this. When I was working for myself, I did a little research on who is the busiest designer in my area and set up a meeting and offered to do a small job at no cost, labor only, and showcase exactly what I could offer. That's what I'm talking about. Getting out there, making um, uh, making contacts. And Andy, you and I both know, love, and live this. Uh, we love force multiplication, which is if you can go to the busiest designer and make a good impression on them, now they're out there selling for you and putting your name out. That's the best advertising. That's force multiplication at its absolute finest. So, yep. Okay, back to IG. Thank you for everybody watching. we got a great crowd of people tonight. This is awesome. This is the Ask Me Anything show. Any topic, any question, I'll be on here for a little more. Um, a little more time. <clears throat> How can I get more val value leads? Um, so good question. I think I know what you're asking. Uh, you can use time or money or both. Um, I would suggest you doing many things in little dribs and drabs, putting all your eggs in one basket typically isn't a good strategy for almost anything. So what I would do is I would get out there and make sure, you know, all the basic unsexy things are there. Your Google profile is updated. Your Google, when somebody goes on Google maps, they find you, I would put a minimal amount of money towards Google AdWords or, or, um, you know, um, things like that to get you a, just spending some money with Google, even if it's like a hundred bucks a month or something. Um, I would make sure you have a bang up website that you're easy to find that you follow up quickly. I would go on social media. I would spend a little bit of money there every day, week, month. Um, uh, besides that, you can always turn on like paid leads and stuff like that, but you got to have a really good response and sales system. Uh, typically I would go to the low hanging fruit right now, which is social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I would go to website. I would go to Google and just sort of put a little money out there and see what happens. Uh, I would even try something simple. Like, uh, this last year we started, uh, formally professionally email campaigning and I'm in charge of that as well too. So what you'll find is, uh, I send an email or two a week. It showcases a project, a thing, a standard operating procedure, something they didn't know about the company. And honestly, it's like a hundred bucks a month and you can send out, you know, 5,000 emails uh, at a shot uh, from your client list. And it's basically just one of those with your time. It takes you about an hour or two a week to craft the emails, get the list going and everything else. But again, it's not that much money. So if you, if you get out there and you say, I want to spend 500 bucks a month in marketing, I'd probably give it the $200 on Google AdWords. I would give it $200 on social media, an hour on email campaigns, something like that. That's quick and dirty stuff that will probably get you the most leads, the most bang for the buck, uh, give or take. So, ah, uh, Wall Street, another great ask me anything. Absolutely. Got to go. I know it's getting late for me too. It's a long, long day for me here. So have you ever sprayed Minwax pre-stain conditioner? Yes, I have. Uh, I did a lot of experiments years ago on alder doors. A client wanted very deep, rich castle, you know, like ancient castle alder doors, and they didn't want blotching. And so I said, listen, this isn't going to work. 
It's a relatively soft wood. It's a harder of the soft wood, but still soft wood. You don't want bleaching or you don't want blotching, but you still want super rich, deep color. So I said, you really can have both, but I'm going to show you the difference. And I took a beautiful arch top door and I, I did pre-stain conditioner on one side and I did um, just straight stain on the other side. And yes, there was less bleaching, but when you put pre-stain conditioner on wood, it actually stops it actually stops the uh, absorption of the stain. And so you might limit yourself on how deep, deep the color goes. So the problem is, well, we're using a light stain. Well, light stains don't normally blotch anyway on softwood. So you're kind of like, there is a place for pre-stain conditioner, but it's not the end all be all. And it, and it can present some other problems then too, which is the stain doesn't present in its normal color, uh, things like that. So uh, one of those interesting things. Um, yes, de -de 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 -de. who else we got here? Great bunch of people tonight here. <laughs> All right. I think we're caught up on IG. A couple more on Facebook than I'm calling her night. Uh, it's 9.30 here. And I get an early morning tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Scott McDowell, thanks for the feedback. One more question. If you had to hit your annual sales quota in six to 10 months versus 12, what would be some of your strategies? Well, two things you'd have to ramp up really, really quickly, which is uh, your labor and your leads. Uh, like that. You need more projects and you need more labor. And then you have to have a way, if you're going to be seasonal, to have a reliable labor force and then not use that reliable labor force for a while and then fire it back up, which is a little more difficult. So relationships are a big thing, things like that. Um, honestly, what I would do is I would probably go with a hybrid model of maybe two to three to four crews of W-2 painters give or take, depending on the, you know, let's just call it a million dollar company, give or take. Um, I would probably go with two crews of two W2 painters that you could always reliably keep busy year round if you like and maintain and, and develop. And then I would probably have maybe one big subcontractor crew that has multiple crews or two smaller subcontractor crews that you could flex in and out of the seasons, things like that. But I will tell you this, it's, it's very hard thing to just have labor for six to 10 months, not have it for two to four, and then start it back up reliably again. You gotta be really intentional about that. And you can't take those two to four months off. You need to be constantly developing those relationships, getting ready for the next sprint and things like that. And it is, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I'm not talking you out of it, but it's just a different series of problems to fix. And now there's some benefits to that, but there's different series here. So. Does your business need more reviews? Nice job can help. Our reputation marketing platform automates review invites to save you time. We use our collected and distributed across major platforms such as Google, Facebook, and more. Turn your reviews into customer stories with photos that you can share across your social channels. NiceJob allows you to manage all of this within our platform. Start your free trial today. So, ah, uh, Jamie, fellow Minnesota painter here. Uh, hi, Nick. What do you do with rusty nail heads on siding? Uh, number one, set expectations with the client that they're going to rust again. Number two, use oil primer. My preference is not rattle can because it's not substantial enough. It will work temporarily. But when you have rusty nails, that typically speaks to me of an older house. Iron nails, they're not galvanized. They're not treated or anything. They're just iron and they are going to rust. So typically what I would do is take like cover stain or, or old fashioned kills or a slow oil, a long oil, uh, like Benjamin Moore's got a super, super long oil, like a very slow drying oil for exterior and interior too. Uh, I would do some of that stuff. That would be the most substantial thing you could put over. But I would also say, listen guys, um, those things rust sometimes from moisture that's just inherent in the wood. It gets in the nail and it rusts. It's not necessarily rain hitting it on the outside. So set expectations that this is the best thing we can do to stop or prevent this. 
We can't guarantee it's not going to come back and I can't tell you how soon, but this is the best thing we can do, Jamie. So probably just confirmation of what you know, but sometimes it's good to hear, right? So Mr. Balafast from Australia, good friend, good afternoon, Nick. Good afternoon, Nick in Australia. Love the show, very informative. Absolutely. You are very welcome, my friend. I will do one quick pass at IG and then I think we may end up calling it a night here. Oh, there's Mr. Paris. Good evening, Mr. Paris, uh, veteran pro painter. Thank you guys very much. I love that. Uh, cast painting. Thanks for the live. You are welcome. Ah, prestigious painting. Hey, Nick, do you pre-qualify people before you give them an estimate in person? Not really. Uh, we need a lot of leads uh, for the business. So if somebody is in our service area and they're asking for a project that we do and they don't have any unreasonable requests that go against our standard operating procedures, we absolutely want to get in front of them. So now when you're a smaller company and you may not need more work, yeah, you don't want to be going on every estimate because there's going to be a very high demand for you. So you may, may, may be able to make the uh, argument that you don't, that you want to pre-qualify and to see if it's actually worthy of a lead going out there. But the problem is not many people are good at pre-qualifying and, um, outside of, is it a job we do in our service area? It is very hard to ascertain a budget because most clients, if we're being honest, don't know what it costs to paint kitchen cabinets or a deck. And they're looking to you as the pro to tell them. So they're afraid to say something because it's either going to be too high or too low. Now I will make an interesting argument, uh, that you may get some pushback on, which is the strategy for me growing this business was I want to be in front of every single human that wants my services, no matter what, even if I can't get to them. Now I'm not going to go out to somebody who says, build me a porch, obviously, but if somebody has, you know, a, a request where it might be a little long shot, or maybe I can give them some advice. My strategy early on was uh, as long as I don't mind going and doing it, that is the best marketing dollars you can get. Cause think about it. This is somebody who went out of their way to contact you is interested in what you do, wants to meet you. And if you can make a good impression, even if they don't use you, you have made the best form of marketing connection, which is a human connection. And you got in somebody's house, you stood in front of them and you made a good impression. To me, that is invaluable. Well, there is a value to that. There probably is a monetary value. Jason Parrish can probably tell you what it is, uh, the cost of a lead, give or take. Uh, but that builds on itself. And sometimes that is unquantifiable with, even if that person's never going to be a client, they're going to talk to a coworker or a neighbor or a family member. And you never really know how that, uh, the stems out from that sort of thing. So my early, uh, my early uh, strategy and actually still is my strategy is we need to get the people in this company in front of as many people as possible, because that's where we make the good impression. Our people are absolutely phenomenal. And the, the closer I can get them to the humans, the, the clients that we work with even better. So that's what we do, man. Jason Paris. It's a great day to have a great day. Another day in paradise, as our friend Jason Paris says like that. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much. I am going to call her quits there. I've been a loud mouth for almost 45 minutes. It is late into the evening. Uh, we're at the height of the season right here. We've got some long days ahead of us. This is why we do it, folks. We're in it. Stay in there. I'm here to help. If I'm not as responsive with emails, uh, Jason Paris, I'm looking at you. Uh, just hold tight. We'll be there and uh, we'll get this all taken care of. Any any of the things that you need from me, the resources, the advice, whatever else, I'm here for you. Just be a little more patient at this time. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to doing this with you guys. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys being here with me during family time, private time, things like that. Uh, I've never missed a week and I'm not gonna do it this week. And I just wanna tell you guys, I appreciate you being here. So, all right, everybody, have a great evening. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. 
To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.